So it's really up to you. Just have to make up your own damn mind to either accept what I'm going to tell you or reject it. Tandy? You already know if I'm going to take it? Wouldn't be much of an oracle if I didn't. But if you already know, how can I make a choice? Because you didn't come here to make the choice. You've already made it. You're here to try to understand why you made it. Peace be upon you. So for those who aren't familiar, that clip that I just played was from the movie Matrix Reloaded. Uh, that's the second one in the trilogy. Um, in that scene, Neo was talking to the Oracle who knows the future. The, the Oracle offers Neo some candy. Neo's response was, if you already know I'm going to take it, how am I making a choice? I found the Oracle's response very uh, profound. She said, you already made the choice. You're not here to make a choice. You're here to understand why you made that choice. I thought that this uh, clip was suitable for the uh, conversation we're going to have in regards to uh, free will. So this has been pretty popular in the uh, mainstream narrative is do human beings have free will or are we just the uh, byproduct, is our actions the byproduct of just chemical makeups and our physiology and biology? Um, a lot of people are arguing uh, that we have no free will. Everything is a deterministic. Um, we're just uh, reacting to the uh, chemical makeups in our brain and we have no say in the matter. And recently there was a, a podcast on the uh, uh, on Radiolab called Faultline. And it was uh, about an individual as a guy. He was having a lot of uh, seizures. And the doctors decided that it was best to cut out a piece of his brain to uh, reduce the amount of seizures that he was having. And he opted in. The, um, everything seemed normal. Uh, his seizures reduced and uh, things seemed fine. But he became uh, highly addicted to pornography uh, to the point that he couldn't control himself, so he claimed. Um, and he would just uh, consume and download and watch endless amounts of pornography. And he got into the realm of child pornography. And, uh, eventually, the uh, cops came to his door and they arrested him. And the, when he was taken to trial, the defense was the fact that he had no control over this. That since the uh, surgery caused this uh, hypersexual tendencies and they saw it replicated with monkeys, um, that uh, he wasn't at fault. He had no free will. Uh, he was just uh, acting out these impulses because that portion of his brain uh, was missing. And um, I'll get back to what happened as far as the verdict, but, you know, it became very interesting. Do we have free will? And um, in the Quran, some of the characteristics of God is that he's all-knowing. He's omniscient, right? He knows everything that's going to happen, everything that's happened. God is outside of time and space. And uh, in 57.22, it reads, Anything that happens on earth or to you has already been recorded, even before the creation. This is easy for God to do. And in 16.1, it reads, God's command has already been issued and everything has already been written. So do not rush it. Be he glorified, the most high, far above any idols they set up. So God already knows everything that's going to happen, even before the creation. Uh, this is a characteristic of God. To say God doesn't know something uh, would be limiting God's uh, omniscience and uh, the fact that he's all-knowing. In 39.71, it reads, the disbelievers, says, those who disbelieve will be led to hell in throngs. When they get to it and its gates are open, its guards will say, did you not receive messengers from among you who recited to you the revelations of your Lord and warned you about meeting this day? They will answer, yes, indeed. But the word retribution was already stamped upon the disbelievers. So we see that the word retribution was already stamped on their uh, their heads. In 46, it reads, Thus the judgment of your Lord is already stamped upon those who disbelieve, that they are the dwellers of hell. So God already knows who's going to heaven and who's going to hell. The question is, 
do we still have a choice? Irrespective if someone knows the outcome, the choice is still ours. God just happens to know us better than we know ourselves. Um, think of this. Uh, I have two kids, and um, I know for a fact that if I offer them you know, uh, ice cream or rocks, they're going to pick the ice cream. And um, uh, this doesn't mean they didn't have a choice in this matter. They could have chose to eat the rocks, but I know for a fact that they much prefer ice cream. And so the fact that I gave them a choice uh, doesn't negate the fact that I knew what their choice was going to be. And because God knows us better than we know ourselves, um, he knows exactly what choices we're going to make. And 50 uh, verse 16 says, we created the human and we know what he whispers to himself. We are closer to him than his jugular vein. And in 824 it reads, you should know that God is closer to you than your heart and that before him you will be summoned. And uh, God even knows the things that we're not uh, uh, visible to ourselves. In 40 verse 56 says, surely those who argue against God's revelations without proof are exposing the arrogance that is hidden inside their chest and they're not even aware of it. Therefore, seek refuge in God. He is here this year. So there's people who hide things inside their chest that they're not even aware of. And God is aware of these things. Uh, God gives us the example of Moses. Uh, when he's uh, speaking with Moses, he says, I had you made before my watchful eye. I had you made just for me. And Moses is no different than any other human being. Everything that happens, uh, God is in full control. God has full understanding of nothing uh, happens outside of his knowledge. So just like God created Moses and knew exactly what he was tasked for in his life before his creation, God did the exact same thing for every single one of us. So knowing all this is, do we have uh, free will? And the answer to this can be found in 3372. It says, uh, freedom of choice. It says, we have offered the responsibility, freedom of choice to the heavens and the earth and the mountains, but they, were re they refused to bear it and were afraid of it. But the human being accepted it. He was transgressing ignorant. And um, this becomes apparent to us that, look, we were given the option to submit, to kill our egos, to uh, side with God, but we opted for this freedom of choice. And this has to do with the great feud. In um, 3867, it says, say, here's awesome news that you are totally oblivious to. I had no knowledge previously about the feud in the high society. So just to... Uh, paint uh, the uh, the background to this. Uh, I believe we did a podcast on the same topic about the great feud and why we're here. Um, at one time, we were all creatures in God's kingdom. And Satan had the supercilious thought that he could be a god beside God. This somehow infiltrated the collective consciousness of the, uh, the, the creatures in the heavenly society that made a portion of us question God's absolute authority. And we became the rebels. God wanted to expose not only Satan, but he also wanted to uh, prove to the rebels, uh, those who deserve to be saved, and he gave them a choice. He said, look, I'm going to create this experiment. It's called Earth. You can come back in this experiment as a submissive creature and be redeemed into God's kingdom, or you can come back as a human being, a jinn, and decide for yourself if there is only one God, if there uh, uh, could be a God beside God. While all the other animals... They basically feared this responsibility for freedom of choice because they knew that if they made the wrong choice, they can be banished to hell for eternity. They were afraid of it. But the human being accepted this responsibility. They wanted to choose for themselves, and that's why we're here. So God already knew which one was who was going to heaven and who was going to hell. We had this hubris that we thought we knew better than God. Oh, it's going to be easy. We're going to come back here. Uh, we're going to make the decision that there's only one God, and we're going to go back into God's kingdom with some sort of a promotion. In 2151, we read, and this is about Abraham, says, Before that, we granted Abraham his guidance and understanding 
for we were fully aware of him. And in the footnote it says, Was Abraham so smart as to discover God, or did God grant him the intelligence because he knew that he deserved to be saved? As it turns out, this whole world was created to redeem those among us who deserved redemption. When the angels suggested that all the rebels, humans and jinns, must be banished out of God's kingdom, God responded, I know what you do not know. Chapter 2, verse 30. At the same time, this world proves Satan's incompetence as a god, with lowercase g, uh, see appendix 17, uh, 7. So the purpose of this life was to distinguish those who would do better. God created the system, and he knows who's going to believe and who's going to disbelieve. And he put every single thing that happens in our life, who our parents are, what country we're born in, what time period we're born in, what our economic status is, what our skin color is. All this we had zero control over, but it was perfectly designed to bring out our true convictions. And we had no control over the vast majority of things that happen in our lives. But the one thing that this is all going to prove is to show for us, based on our weakness, are we going to worship God unconditionally or are we going to basically fall into the trap of Satan? And anyone who doesn't worship God, doesn't come fully devoted to God, in essence is worshiping the devil's point of view. And 3668 reads, Did I not covenant with you, O children of Adam, that you shall not worship the devil, that he is your most ardent enemy? and that you shall worship me alone? This is the right path. He has misled multitudes of you. Did you not possess any understanding? We're seeing that, okay, so we have uh, this choice. We're here to understand why we made this choice. And it, it's interesting, in the uh, verse we read, where it talks about the freedom of choice in 33.72, it says freedom of choice. It doesn't say free will. And the reason being is because so much things in our life have been, uh, we had no say into, again, who our parents are, what time period we're born in, what our economic status is, where we're born, all these factors we have zero control over. But God created these circumstances to show what choice we make. In 478 and 79, it reads, God is the doer of everything. It says, wherever you are, death will catch up with you, even if you live in formidable castles. When something good happens to them, they say, this is from God. And when something bad afflicts them, they blame you. Say, everything comes from God. Why do these people misunderstand almost everything? 479, uh, subtitle says, nothing bad comes from God. Anything good that happens to you is from God. Anything bad that happens to you is from you. We have sent you as a messenger to the people, and God suffices as a witness. And we read in the footnotes, as bad things are consequences of our own deeds. Though God is the doer of everything, God created the fire to serve us. But you can decide to put your finger in it. We thus hurt ourselves. It is God's law that if you put your finger in the fire, it will hurt. So God tells us again in 42.30, it says, Anything bad that happens to you is a consequence of your own deeds. And he overlooks many of your sins. 64.11, nothing happens to you except in accordance with God's will. Anyone who believes in God, he will guide his heart. God is fully aware of all things. So God creates the system where we can make these choices intermittently in our system to prove why we believe or why we disbelieve. Similarly, God created the fire. The fire we can use to cook food, we can uh, stay warm, we can do all these productive gains. But if we decide to stick our finger into the fire, we're going to get burned. Similarly, God puts choices in our life. And if we make the right decision, we use these choices productively to draw closer to God, it's going to be for our benefit. But if we uh, we revert, we basically fall to the, uh, the, the, the side of Satan. When these choices are presented to us, it's no different than sticking our finger in the fire. In 8.17, the subtitle says, God is doer of everything. It says, it was not you who killed them. God is the one who killed them. It was not you who threw when you threw. God is the one who threw. 
but he thus gives the believers a chance to earn a lot of credit. God is here omniscient. And God is telling us, look, this is at a time of battle when the believers had to fight. They had to defend themselves. And God is saying, it's not you who threw, it's God who threw. God dictated when you threw that arrow, uh, that, you know, uh, what's that called? The, the spear, um, or shot that arrow, or swung that sword, that God is the dictator as far as what the outcome of that's going to be. Um, and based on this, all you had to do was make the choice, were you going to go to battle or not? And you're, if you went to battle and you fought heroically, then you're earning credit. And if you decided not to, then you basically, it's the equivalent of sticking your finger in the fire. God gives us another example in 3647. It says, when they are told, give from God's provisions to you. Those who disbelieve say to those who believe, why should we give to those whom God could feed if he so will? You're really far astray. So God is saying, look, here's an opportunity for you to give from your provisions to feed the poor, to give to charity. And if you're going to say, well, look, God's inf uh, resources are infinite. Why does he need me to do it? You're missing the point. God put the circumstances in this place so we can prove our true convictions. God doesn't need anything from us, right? God could provide for everyone indefinitely, but he's giving us an opportunity to show if we truly believe and trust in God wholeheartedly or it's just lip service. The purpose, again, of this life is to distinguish those who would do better. So we already made the choice prior to coming down here, and God already knows who's going to heaven and who's going to hell. But he gives every single person a fair shot to know for themselves, to see for themselves why they made that choice. Imagine if God, at the time of the great feud when Satan uh, refused to bow down, um, they, God told all the rebels who questioned God's absolute authority that you're all going, you know, these individuals are going to hell, these ones are going to heaven. We would think this is unjust, this is unfair. How would God know? How could, let me prove to God that I'm not going to go to heaven or hell. God respected that. He gave every single human being the opportunity to redeem themselves, the opportunity to prove for themselves why they deserve to go to heaven or hell. In 5725, it reads, We sent our messengers supported by clear proofs, and we sent down to them the scripture and the law, that the people may uphold justice. And we sent down the iron, wherein there is strength and many benefits for the people. All this in order for God to distinguish those who would support him and his messenger on faith. God is powerful, almighty. 67.2, it says, The one who created death and life for the purpose of distinguishing those among you who would do better. He is the almighty, forgiving. In uh, 29.2, it reads, The test is mandatory in the subtitle. The verse reads, Do the people think that they will be left to say, We believe without being put to the test. We have uh, tested those before them, for God must distinguish those who are truthful, you must expose the liars. 4731, we will certainly put you to the test in order to distinguish those among you who strive and steadfastly persevere. We must expose your true qualities. So God is telling us that, look, the purpose of this life is to expose our true qualities, to expose what is in our hearts. God already knows what decision we're going to make. This is strictly to show us why we made those decisions. So on the day of judgment, we can't object to the outcome. Because we know full well that we were given a lifelong chance. We had every opportunity to make these choices. And consistently, we made either the right choice or the wrong choice. I'm going to end with one verse. This is uh, in 39.7. It says, believe for your own good. If you disbelieve, God does not need anyone. But he dislikes to see his servants make the wrong decision. If you decide to be appreciative, he is pleased for you. No soul bears the sins of any other soul. Ultimately, to your Lord is your return. Then he will inform you of everything you had done. He is fully aware of the innermost thoughts.
So again, God doesn't need our prayers. God doesn't need us to uh, give to charity, uh, to fight battles, any of this. God is doing this strictly to give us an opportunity to prove to ourselves why we deserve to be in God's kingdom or Satan's kingdom. If we're in God's kingdom, we worship God alone, we uh, trust in God alone. Uh, he becomes our primary focus in our life. And if we opt for the alternative, then we're in the uh, camp of Satan. God willing, we're going to stop there. If you guys got comments or questions, hit us up at crontalk at gmail.com. And until next time, peace and God bless. I almost forgot to tell you what happened to the individual who had a, a portion of his brain removed and became addicted to pornography. So for those who don't want spoilers, um, you can go and listen to the full podcast at Radiolab, and it's entitled Fault Lines. So uh, I'm going to say what happens now. So the judge could have gave him a five-year prison sentence, but instead he opted to give him a, a two-year prison sentence and 25 months of house arrest. And the smoking gun in this uh, debate was the fact that while his uh, home computer was filled with uh, pornography, his uh, work computer was completely clean of any, meaning that he had the self-control not to uh, indulge in this behavior uh, in a place where he felt like he could be caught. And even though the defense said he had no self-control and, uh, you know, uh, monkeys uh, who have the same portion of their brain removed have the same tendency, this showed that he did have some self-control. He realized that if there was repercussions, he'd refrain from the behavior. And if the judge didn't sentence him to any prison time, any uh, uh, basically deterrent for his behavior, the likeliness of him continuing that path would be a lot higher. So in all honesty, it was probably a blessing for this guy. Uh, curious how he's doing now, but I'm sure at some point Radio Lab will do a follow-up. Um, until next time, peace and God bless. Because you didn't come here to make the choice. You've already made it. You're here to try to understand why you made it. I thought you'd have figured that out by now.